straight till they got a big brain. Don't text me and tell it straight to my face. Best friends set me down in the salon chair. Shampoo, breath, get you out of my hair. Fresh photos with the bar lighting. New man on the Minnesota Timberwolves. True hurts need something more exciting. Welcome to episode 123 of Wolves Cast, the show that will make you happier than Josh Okogie at Top Golf. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Josh Okogie can sw- swing a club. Kind of. Yeah, he's pretty, he's, I think. Uh, In comparison yeah. to the other Wolves yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, I'm worried about Gorgie Jane. He looks like he's going to throw out his back the way he swings. I'm so worried he's going to injure himself. Yeah, a lot of these guys, I think they're just too big. Like their body's just so big. Right, just exactly. don't bend that way or something. And I use my mom's clubs when I golf, so they're a little too short for me. So I understand. You can mess up your back using clubs that are too short, you know? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll include the link in the show notes. Uh, John Meyer actually grabbed a bunch of uh, a bunch of like Instagram stories from that night in Oklahoma City. And just like all the hilarity that ensued. And Joshua Kogi is the most into it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he considers himself uh, the best. Or you know him and Towns are like a one and two. Towns is a beautiful swing, right? Towns looks like he's a natural swing in the golf club, right? Not surprised. Which bucks the thing of like, oh, well, he's just huge too. It's like no, even big people can can swing a club like that. Well, Neil, I wish we were feeling good as hell, but unfortunately. Oh. Ran out of juice on this road trip, and the truth hurts. We did not win a single game in this past week. Wow, it's been rough. Yeah, we we are recording this uh, here before the Wolves uh, take on the Jazz at home, and the, and the road trip. Well, it happened. It happened. It happened fast, and yeah, it's uh, Wolves uh, went over on that one. So yeah, we're uh, we're we're diving right into the week recap here, folks. It's a uh, it's a tough week. The Timberwolves playing basketball out there, but we're not going to let it seep into our podcast. We're still going to give no, you no. a winning effort today That's in the right. podcast. We got a lot of fun. We got full court press. We're going to talk about uh, some maybe some trade rumors around Robert Covington. Going to check in on how Josh Okoge, our top golf enthusiast, is doing, <laughs> and we're going to talk a little bit about maybe changes we'd like to see after a week of failure. Some yeah. some suggestions for Coach Ryan. You know, That's we right. uh, we've helped him in the past. We've got a sponsor, as always. We're going to make some crystal clear predictions so you know what's coming. Of course, we have Wolfies and a game to finish it all out. So stick stick with us through this whole yeah. uh, less than an hour affair because Neil's here. We're going to we're going to hit it on time. You know? Yeah, thanks for joining us a day early here on Wolvescast, y'all. We uh, just getting it going. I'm heading out of town again, so we're we're recording uh, here on Wednesday. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a good show. Regardless, Jos- Josie's as happy as Cassie was on Andrew Wiggins' Instagram story last night when Wiggins <laughs> got back into town, and it. Cassie was just happily just sleeping on top of him. Oh, what a good dog! What a good dog! But yeah, let's jump into week oh, recap. Man. It's, it's tough. While we're talking to those dogs yeah. on Instagram stories, though, if you follow Andrew's girlfriend, she had a hilarious video of uh, their baby feeding the dog snacks. Like she would <laughs> eat a snack and then she'd feed one of the dogs and the dogs are just in love with her because they get so many <laughs> snacks from her. It was adorable. One for me, one for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the dogs are just waiting patiently knowing that they're going to get their snacks. All right, let's jump into week recap here. It was a sad week, as we said. The Wolves are all the way down to 10-13 and 13 on the season. Offensive rating, 17th. Defensive rating, plummeting down to 20th. I think they were like 14th last week. Net rating at 19th. And uh, looked on the 538.com uh, NBA uh, projections. They are projected uh, to go 39-43 and 43 at this point. And they have a 39% chance of making the playoffs. I guess it's still a better record than we both predicted. But yeah, man, it really felt like yeah. we were coming down, I think, on Tankathon. We have the okay. four fourth hardest schedule remaining so it's not going to get any easier for the wolves we're facing real opponents now and uh 
they say the fight doesn't start until you get punched in the face. Well, Oof. we got bloodied this week. Yeah, it's been a West Coast beatdown. Uh, started started things well. Started things off in Dallas, really, but uh, our week starts uh, in uh, in Oklahoma. And it was City. frustrating because we could have won in Dallas, and yeah. we should have won in Oklahoma City. I've had to like implement things at night so I don't think about it because when I think about it I get so angry I get so angry and heated and like I was was taking a shower before bed the other night and I was getting so upset in the shower just thinking about it I was like you're gonna have to start thinking about some different stuff think about Star Wars or something before you go to bed Scott because you are not gonna be able to sleep because I'm still not over it I'm still bitter Uh, controversial ending there obviously Uh, 127 139 loss in OT Uh, you know we had this game sealed away and yeah you could talk about we should have made our free throws Maybe catch would have missed that last free throw. You know, does the little things we could have yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, it looked like he tried, but there's a dozen little things we could have done to win it. But the thing that gets my ire up is Chris Paul snitching on uh, Bell coming into the game with his jersey untucked. That's a delay of game. Untucked jersey, untucked jersey. That's a delay of game. Like, you can hear him clearly yelling. Yeah. It's just like, who hurt you, Chris Paul? Like, Chris Paul, I was talking to a coworker, Lauren, shout out to Lauren. I was saying, he's embodying the, because she's like, I used to really like him. I was like, he's embodying the, if uh, you die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain yeah. because he has become a villain. He used to be one of my favorite players, but he's just the last several years of his career just looks like a miserable player to play with. He looks like he's miserable out there. I can't remember the last time I've seen him having fun playing basketball. And it just is like, this is a weird coda to the end of his career where it's just going to, we're going to remember him as the angry man, that that man that never got along with his teammates. And the only was effective because he became such like a stickler for the, the nuances of the rule book. Yeah. President of the players association, Chris Paul oh, you know. and he did a bad job too he really <laughs> screwed the middle class of players so that he could change the rules so that a player over 34 which was his age could get a bigger contract so oh, self-serving you know in his role as a player uh, representative of the players association so you're saying you don't want the Wolves to trade for Chris Paul here this <laughs> this season you know, a little bit of rumors before the year you know about hey you can trade Wiggins for- well I'm sure it's less annoying <laughs> when he's on your team remember remember when JJ Barea was on our team oh, this is this is, to me, this is like Pat Beverly stuff you yeah know what I mean like those two to me are like two peas in a pod of like you love this stuff when he's on your team but if they're not you're just like man ease up like i, I love that so i don't even think he qualifies but yeah it's, it's different though because it's so about like yelling about the rules like he got sure. that guy yells at the refs more than anybody in the league and yeah, it must get so tiresome and i hope yeah. that continues because uh, i hope a trend that continues with the very next game okc got called for two delay of games oh, yeah, including yeah. chris trying to check in with his like warm warm-up shirt still on so they blew the delay of game on him and instead of being like oh you know good point i pointed out that rule rules are rules he's like oh you're just doing this to get on sports yeah, center and he's crabby and stuff and it was just like oh so you know you can dish it but you can't take it uh, and he could dish it in lots of ways i guess so yeah, the Wolves, you know, they 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 were up, you know, they were up two two points with the ball, 13 seconds left. They had that inbounding turnover, then Jordan Bell misses two free throws, then Towns intentionally um tries to miss and it like banks in or goes up the front of the rim and banks in. It's like front of the rim uh, back iron in. Yeah, you know? then they have that delay game, go into overtime and kind of a wrap from there. It wasn't like that much of a blowout after that. I mean, even though the score looks one-sided, it was, you know, half it was a pretty close game in the beginning part of the overtime, but It was just the wind was taken out of yeah, the team's sails. So yeah. After you blow a game like that, after you blow like a guaranteed win like that, yep. you just you could tell they didn't have the energy. Especially it was the day after the Dallas game, I believe, right? Yep. Thursday, Friday, or was there a day so. in between? Right, it yeah, was Wednesday, before, Friday. Yeah. But either way, uh, yeah, you knew they, they, they you knew they, they weren't going to take it over an OT they after that. Golf. Yeah, they went golfing on the day off. Um, uh, one silver lining: this one best game of the season for Jeff Teague, thirty-two points. He oh, was yeah. incredible. Couldn't miss. Just like just getting into the lane, scoring, hitting, actually shooting threes. And it stuff. must be the and, shoes. 
Must be his shoes. And shoes. Yeah, like, uh, and he also had another game, another good game, you know, here in L.A. as well. And the next game we're going to talk about, and uh, that line from Jim Peterson, I think it was spot on. He, you know, he said like, you just, it just makes you wonder where this is. You know, that's something that Jim said in the L.A. game. So you just, if, when you do see those moments from Jeff Teague, you're like, why can't you do this more consistently, man? Yeah, like, it was really eye opening. Uh, you know, Neil, I, a lot of people wonder. Uh, do you know why Chris Paul has always been nagged by injuries throughout his career? Why, Scott? Because snitches get stitches. Ooh, injury. Injury stitches. That's right. Injury stitches. All right, uh, moving on to Sunday night to Wolves travel, keep the uh, road trip going, travel to Staples Center to face off against the Lakers, and they took the loss 125-142 to 142 in L.A. was the Anthony Davis show. He had season-high 50 points. He was he was unstoppable we throughout had, this we game. We had nothing that could stop him. It wasn't, oh. it wasn't even like he had to work hard for the 50 Incredible. points. He just kind of walked his way into those 50 points yes. because we had literally no idea how to stop him. Just a chill 50. A very, one of the chillest 50s I've ever seen, to be honest. Uh, and yeah, it was uh, it was a lake show all night. I mean, the Wolves actually shot it really well. Our numbers, I think, were like 50-40, almost 90. Yeah. Shooting for the night. Like they we were able to keep up. It was We were scoring like crazy, but yeah. uh, we just couldn't stop anything they were doing, especially those transition buckets. Yeah, ugh, that was awful, especially to start the game. That was that was really tough. to yeah, All those leak outs and all those layups, you know, your chest pads. Passes from LeBron cross court, you know, like yeah. length of the court, you know, oh, outlet. You he's know. so good at it, you know. Amazing. It's just yeah. it's such a perfect combo. LeBron, like one of the best five passers in the league, no doubt. Yeah. You know, and just like dropping those dimes because there are so many times. It reminds me of pickup basketball, Neil, where a lot of times we get kind of full court uh, heave yeah. happy, and and like ninety percent of the time it gets you know broken Tipped up by out, a defender, yeah. like a defender just gets like a free safety, you know, just like jumping up and knocking it out of bounds or something. It almost never works for pickup basketball. So I was expecting to see that when we had some pretty good coverage on the guys who were leaking, but LeBron can really just drop it in there. Yeah, so you know, Wolves hung around in this one though. You know, stayed within striking distance. They kept scoring, so you know they had the lead midway through. You know, it, it was a pretty good game. I really liked this game. It was, it was fun to watch. Yeah, it was fun yeah. to watch. But the whole time, the outcome felt inevitable. It sure. never really felt like we were in we, control in yeah. control at all for yeah. moment, even a moment of the game. Like we, we make our runs, but it was just like, oh, they're going to get their run back. And especially because we were doing a lot of damage with LeBron sitting out with foul trouble. Oh, yeah. uh, Okogi did a great job. You know, getting the king to. You know, foul him a few times. He had four early on in the second half. Oh, yeah. And so um, that's, you know, a great way to keep King James out of it. Last year, that would have been enough. You take LeBron out of the game and you're good to go. But uh, unfortunately, that's a superior team this year with Anthony Davis. Yeah. And then obviously, we got Lizzo sitting courtside. That was always another big uh, highlight of this game. Yeah. <laughs> was, uh, her doing the her doing the line and having a good time, you know, talking about having a crush on Towns and you know Marty Gell, shout out to Marty Gellner, you know, out there doing the doing the interview, you know, yeah, that's was, not that's not easy to do. Like Dave Ben said, he got a selfie with her because uh, his son <laughs> loves Lizzo and he was like, I don't really get starstruck or ask celebrities for yeah. you know selfies very often, but I wanted to send a photo to my son. Um, so that was really fun. She's leading uh, the Grammy nomination. She has the most nominations of any Crazy. artist at this year's Grammys. So congrats to Lizzo. We love her. Yeah, she'll be back at Staples in February doing that. Yeah. That's, that's where that happens. All right, next game, uh, Wolves went to Phoenix to wrap up uh, the road trip. Second night of a back-to-back, so you had a bad feeling coming into it. But hey, you know, it's Phoenix. I know yeah. they're better this season, but we match up a lot better with them than we do against L.A., so maybe there's a chance. Yeah, totally. And, you know, unlike uh, unlike in the first uh, game against Phoenix, uh, we had one Ricky Rubio play. Alexi, change, change the space. Be happy. 
Enjoy it. They look good in the black, the black low suns yeah. jersey. You know, looks yeah. Good I think Ricky. I think it's not like the most one. exciting. I think it's their city edition. Yes. It's like just yes. so you know, it's not too thrilling because they've been doing low suns for years. Yeah. But I like the black. It's a good look. Yeah, it's a good look for them. Uh, you know, Ricky, Ricky had a nice game in this one. Uh, the Wolves have struggled defensively. This has been that's really the main the main takeaway from this this road trip is. You know, the team's defense can really wax and wane, you know, in the course of a game or even in a road trip. There's just really a lot of issues that happen, especially transition-wise and pick-and-roll-wise. So, And this was just another one of those games where, yeah, again, the Wolves hung with it offensively. But if you can't get stops, it's going to be hard for you to come out with a win. Yeah, this game was just a great reminder of all the great stuff Ricky does. You know, he's in the obvious ways, he's not a great player because he can't really score or shoot it that well. And he had those troubles finishing around the rim. But it's one of those things, whenever he's on the floor, he's in the plus. You know, the plus minus has always been an amazing thing. When Ricky's on the floor, his team's always in a plus because he's always making these passes and making uh, winning plays. And uh, it was great to see. I just saw that we haven't had a triple-double since Ricky Rubio was on the Timberwolves. He was the last <laughs> player on the Timberwolves to get a tri- triple-double. Yeah, we don't really have many of those guys. Maybe Wiggins I mean, Towns year. has had a triple-double in his career, but that yeah. was back with Rubio. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, good luck getting ten- – Good luck, you know, getting a triple double without Rubio on your team because he just he makes the he makes everything work, makes the offense run. You know, yeah, I would say, I would say maybe one of Towns or Wiggins will get one with this year. But I'd say Towns is most likely, one, yeah. you know, because he's he's a walking double double and yeah. he's he's been out, getting a More lot of assists. assists year, so yeah. you know, I think that's probably night. the possibility. But, but yeah, in this game, really it was about turnovers and second chance points. Uh, in this game, the Wolves, uh, you know, just just couldn't hold on to the ball and then also just couldn't grab those long rebounds. Those those dastardly long rebounds. You got to find a way to get some of them you can't be expected to get all of them they're kind of turned into 50 50 balls at that point but you got to get a few more than they did because they just scooped it right back up and found another shooter and devin booker would just cash one or something yeah let's put this in the you know full court press segment of things we'd like to see change is where we station these guys because i've sure. talked about it on the podcast with robert last week shouts mm. to rob uh, about how we- it give us time because you know we're shooting way more threes than we're used to, and when you're shooting threes, the rebound angles come off the rim at different ways. I've seen it at pickup hoops. It's tough to it's tough to gauge sometimes where that three point shot's going to fall. And I think that with repetition, they will get better at kind of seeing the ball in the air and figuring out what angle they need to be at. But I think maybe it's something Flip can do too, making stationing them not so close to the rim, drip. having yeah have drip drip have have a guy just stand at the free throw line, you know, and yeah. just you know kind of try to grab those ricochets because it's. Such a bummer when they miss the shot so badly and they're like yes and then Deep it back. bounces all the way back to the three-point line and no yeah exactly <laughs> but usually there's another open three that you uh, know. yeah it just goes right back up yeah the floor is broken at that point it's easy to find a shooter it's a very good time to score after uh after a broken play like that um but yeah and also you know the offense they're just long stretch and those long stretches in this game where it's like you couldn't get anything going like Sure, you score 110, 109 points, but again, there's just too many long stretches where it was like just tons of long heaves and like, yeah. you know, just like not good shots, you know, just just tough, tough plays. So I don't know. Some lineups are out there sometimes. and It's like, dang, like no one's out here scoring. And I think the downside of Teague having that great game in OKC is what I call the Russell Westbrook effect, which is when Russell hits a few three uh, hits a three pointer mm. early in the game, he's going to take a bunch of bad ones. So it helps mm. you. You know, yeah. he has a, he gets his Courage. overconfident and. Yeah. Uh, Teague, you know, had a pretty good game against the Lakers too, but yeah, there was just the first half. too many possessions in this game where Towns was open or calling for the ball and Teague just drove it in instead and went the opposite direction. And yeah. it's just like, uh, Teague, I'm happy that, you know, you're being a little bit more aggressive, but, uh, yeah, he hurt us, he, he hurt us with his fa- aggressiveness. Well, it's just like game. the overall like quarter season reviews from most people are like, Jeff Teague is off all. <laughs> it's like, he came right back. <laughs> yeah. That. And we're going to talk a little later about, yeah. uh, 538's, uh, Raptor system. I think it is. It's uh, their way of qualifying players offense and defense. Teague's one of the worst 
defensive players in the league, according to that Rotation system, and guys, I believe yeah. it. Uh, when he we're, when he's off the court, we're a positive, a net positive. When he's on the court, we're a huge negative, a huge minus in terms of plus minus. So he, despite you know, even when he's making buckets, he's killing us because he's one of the worst defensive players in basketball. Well, let's uh, let's hope the defense turns around here. The Wolves, as we record this, have lost five straight. Hopefully, Ooh. they can get the win um, against another struggling team, the Utah Jazz. Um, here at home, but uh, just a whole bucket of L's this week. But yeah, let's uh, let's keep the show going. Here's the tip. Full court press is here, and the first thing we are going to talk about is uh, Robert Covington trade rumors. Ooh, rumors! December fifteenth uh, marks the league-wide uh, sort of uh, availability date for uh, new players who have signed with new teams or been traded to new teams after the fifteenth of December. Uh, suddenly, those players are are uh, eligible to be traded, to be moved, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, so more more, more trade stuff is going to be coming out. More, uh, you know, concepts and more sort of, like, guesses on who might be on the move. Everybody likes trades, Scott. Everybody likes talking trades. So some people like talking right? trades more than they like <laughs> yeah, watching NBA basketball, exactly. you know? Exactly. So uh, the Ringers' Kevin O'Connor put out the um, Rainer loves piece. talking trades. I remember oh, yeah, last know. year when Town signed his extension, Kevin O'Connor came out with a piece. The next star to move out of their small market, oh, and he put Towns on that list despite Towns' five-year five contract year. not kicking no, in out. until yeah until the <laughs> next year. He's like he might be the next guy because the Rainer loves yeah. the, the only way After, major. After the Giannis, right? Yeah. Uh, the only way major mar- or major publications cover small market teams is when will their player demand out? When will they move to LA? Although it's not so bad for us. The Milwaukee fans are infuriated because yeah, they're, they're, they're such a great team. And the only way they get coverage is, well, where will Giannis go where next Giannis year? Go? Yep. So uh, Kevin O'Connor says in this piece, we'll link it in the show notes, that, uh, quote, playoff teams are monitoring the availability of Robert Covington. So um, they are, you know, they're, they're checking them out. They're, apparently they're sniffing around. Obviously, a great uh, 3-and-D wing, um, you know, in, in, in Robert Covington. And, uh, you know, he, he mentions mentions a team like the Rockets could potentially be someone that, you know, has an incentive to kind of kind of go all in right now, um, you know, with the – you know, with the Harden and Westbrook core, you know, things not looking great right now. But certainly a team that I think will be there in the end. They're still, they were my pick preseason to win the title. Not yeah. looking great, but hey, we're only in December. Yeah, whatever. It's, uh, it's really that's a team that's, that's a team especially that tries to peak for the playoffs after. Yeah, it'll be after, uh, the, the problem with Harden is he wants that MVP award so much. Yeah. Or, you know, that's the cynical way of looking at it. Maybe he just loves playing basketball so much that he likes to go super hard during the regular season. Then sure. he's always pooped when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, that's an and, issue. Uh, you know, you, that was the idea with Chris Paul is maybe we can give Harden more rest. Nope, that didn't work out. And I guess that was kind of the idea with Russell Westbrook. We can give Harden more rest. Not happening this season. So, uh, you know, they're a team that knows they're going to be in the playoff picture, though, and has been there uh, several times, you know, obviously for the past, like, half decade. Yeah. So it's it's a team that will be trying to peak towards. They make moves. They make yeah. the more buyout market. You know, they're always a buyout market team, getting someone awesome off and, the and buyout market heap. Maury is making trades like he knows he won't be around sure. long enough to feel the negative consequences. So yeah. they have their pick this year, I believe, and in 2022 they could trade. Mm. But that's really the only assets they would give us. It's not like they're going to give us P.J. Tucker or you know, Eric Gordon or somebody. Yeah, for, any of those guys win a title potentially. Right. And Rocco, uh, like, it's obvious that he's one of the best assets in the league. We've already talked about... You know, one just from a contract perspective, he's yeah. got you know this season and next season making like eleven million, yeah, which is just an am- amazing deal. But he also fits into whatever team. Like, what do teams need? Three and D. He's one of the best defenders in the league on the perimeter. Yeah, and he Veteran. he's shown that uh, you know he doesn't he doesn't need his shot. He, it's not like he's looking for it. But if the ball finds him on the perimeter, he's he's you know good for a, a great three point shot. So, you know, I think he's made the second or third most on the team uh, in terms of three pointers. Oh yeah. 
And so it's easy to see why any team would like him. I've been watching Timberwolves Reddit. The Lakers are Lakers fans sure. are popping in saying, what, what do you think we could trade you for Rocco? Because the Lakers want him. We know there was Golden They're State rumors. There, yeah. But literally any team that's contending could use a player like Robert Covington. Okay, so here's the question before we, before we get into should the Wolves trade him. The question is, does the does the the Rosas situation make Houston like more or less likely, you know, to 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 make a deal with the Wolves? Like, I could see it kind of both ways. Although I don't know that there's too much like historical precedent of like a GM like moving to one team and then like trading with his other team. Kevin you McHale. Know? I mean, that's a team. He, that's not a. He, he wasn't, he he wasn't was a GM for the yeah, Celtics, was, but yeah. I mean, he, did, he did trade Kevin Garnett to the Boston Celtics. Old buddy, yeah. Mm. So there is like a friendship thing, maybe, where yeah. it's like, oh, you, that that's to me the that's the argument that they're likely to trade with Houston is like, oh, you know, Rosas is is great pals with with Daryl Morey and that whole staff over there. Like yeah. they know each other very well. They're they're on the, they're kind of aligned in that way. But I don't know. I, in some ways, I think like if, he, if they're going to move him, maybe that's the only team they wouldn't trade him to. Right. They'll just get the best deal if they're going to do it anyway. Yeah, I think but. it's best deal. But the only thing that I would say makes it more likely is you see it a lot in baseball. And sometimes you'll see it with like coaches like Tom Thibodeau did for Jimmy Butler, where uh, you go to a different team and you see, you know behind the scenes what a player is like. So you're like, you know, that's an undervalued asset. I've seen his practices. He's really he's not you know showing it or getting the minutes he needs. But I know that there's an asset there that's undervalued. So you're saying he can look at Houston's uh, roster and kind of yeah, know, he knows hey, these guys. He Daniel, worked on that Daniel team last House year, or some of these lesser known guys. Right, like, exactly. What are we actually getting? There? It is Clint Capella? If that's a deal that you know, if the Rockets were ready to move off Clint Capella, he he knows Clint Capella better than most people in the league because yeah. he was working in the Rockets organization. So that's the only thing I'd say would make it more likely, and not in a bad way. Obviously, if he knows that a, an asset is undervalued, that that would be only th- a good thing for us. But that's the only thing I think would make it more likely. I don't think he's going to do it just because he's got you know a rocket sweatshirt in his closet at home or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? really. Yeah. Okay, so then the question is, should they trade him? Should the Wolves move on from Robert Covington? Obviously, like we said, he fits on every team, including the Wolves. So it's not like there's any issue with him in Towns or him's fit with the, the team going forward. But I think the argument would be, hey, you know, this is someone who's clearly very valuable right now. Get what you can get for him while you're not contending for a playoff spot or for, you know, uh, for home court or whatever. Like, can you turn this into assets that can help you more down the road and le- and focus less on right now? Or should you hang on to him because you have him under such, like you mentioned, like you said, such a great deal over the next couple of years and he fits in with every team? What, what, what do you think the team should do here? Um, I think we should trade him, but only if it's for a young star who's locked up for multiple years. I don't want to trade him for expiring contracts because that free agency is always wasted with the Wolves. So it's not yeah. like expiring contracts are going to get me excited. Uh, I guess the kind of the question is, I've seen a lot of debate on on Reddit about Rocco for the two first round picks from the Rockets, because those mm-hmm. are likely to be some people are like they're worthless. They're going to be in the 20s to 30s and those Late are worthless. And Daryl Moore even said players drafted in that range only have a 10 percent chance of being a star. But at the same time, it's like. Well, if you're confident in your drafting, you know, you could get some really useful pieces. We'll need that because we are capped out for the next several years. We're, we, you know, we're, we're yeah. built around Wiggins and Cap making massive money. So we need to have the kind of undervalued assets, which are the guys you can draft and then have them making pennies, you know, relatively, uh, you know, like Josh Okogie money and yeah. having those guys to put around Cat because it's, it's not like we're going to be able to get free agents or spend any money to supply guys around Cat. So I could see that being a strategy if you're really confident confident in finding gems in the draft. And it's also interesting that we're probably going to have a double draft within the next couple of years where uh, you'll mm. they'll eliminate the one-year rule. And yeah. so you'll have... 
the, be- the best guys, of the college yeah. prospects and the best of the high school projects. And that could be a really deep draft. So if you have an inkling that, you know, I've seen a lot of rumors it's going to happen in 2021, but if you have an inkling it's going to happen in 2022, yeah, those picks in that draft will be more valuable than any other picks. So maybe that's a good idea to get in on that draft and get as many picks as you can. Plus, picks are currency. If, if you really feel like yep. what we heard with this front office is they're going to be wheeling and dealing. And, you know, having those assets in your back pocket, maybe, you know, the trade seems like a, a, a downer now because we traded Rocco for nothing but picks. But if those picks end up getting us something in the future, yeah. you know, but the only thing is, is Rocco the value of Rocco versus those two picks? You know, it's like, which should be more valuable in the future? Like, I think the trade that I heard was uh, in the offseason is Golden State would be interested in Robert Covington for a D'Angelo Russell kind of deal. And that's because Golden State, if they have Clay, Draymond, Curry, you know, at full fully operational battle station status uh, that Rocco would fit season, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocco would fit better next to them. But obviously with Golden State tanking the season that they, it's less valuable for them to get one year of Robert Covington. Um, so I don't know if they would do a D'Angelo thing, but I know we've had our ups and downs about whether D'Angelo is worth it on that contract, but that's the kind of only thing I would really be like, yes, let's do it is a young star who's locked into a multi-year contract. So he can't leave us right away. What yeah, about you? It might have to be, yeah, it might just, yeah, young star would be great. Also, I think I would like to, I would like to use the Covington asset to get off of someone like Gorgie Jang. Maybe you could do a deal like that where mm. we're giving you Covington and Jang for Clint Capella and for some ex, some, expi- <laughs> some expiring coming back again. I think the name of the game is loosening things up uh, for signing guys in the future um, or know. trading for guys to fill that yeah. kind of space because we don't sign people. Yeah, I've been so frustrated with the Twins offseason because they're making mm. big money offers to these guys and the guys are like, if I can get the same money and stay in California, why won't I just stay in California? Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. You, and that that's a summer sport for Minnesota. So, but Rosas is they're going they're going to attack this like we can sign guys. You know what I mean? Like well, I, I hope they're my, right. for better or for worse. But I think they're going to kind of go into it as a hey, if we have the space, we're going to do it. So maybe uh, they need to get, they need to clear up space. And so yeah, you either need to trade Covington for if you're going to trade him, trade him for young pieces or trade him for cap relief. And maybe that could be attaching you know that the toxic asset of uh, Gorgie Jang's con- uh, contract on there. So those are kind of two ways I could see that getting done. It's really the uh, only thing at this point, and the only guy I could see teams being interested in. You know, like a Teague thing would be a salary dump move, and I'm not sure how many teams want to do that. So yeah. All right. Um, well, I don't we'll think see. like Shabazz or Bell or Graham have played well enough to be like, oh, that's a million dollar contract. That's really yeah. easy to move. None of them have really played well enough to be a, something that's desirable for you know a contending team to fill out the back end of their roster. More like throw in types there. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's still early. Obviously, it's not even the fifteenth yet, and then the trade deadline is like February sixth or something like that. So really, obviously, they'll, they'll get heating up more here. Right. In the, in It'll the, be a while, and in, there'll be plenty of rumors. And Robert Covington will be in a lot of those rumors. And we will be here to do a podcast about those rumors. So <laughs> it's so fun. Everyone likes talking trades. Moving on. He's heating up. Heating up. Josh Okogi. He's heating up a little bit, you know, shooting the ball a little bit better. We wanted to quickly, um, you know, check in on how he's been uh, doing this season. Okogi, this kid is a tough, impressive young defender. Yeah, so we wanted to talk about what uh, what we've seen this year. Um, kind of uh, dug in some stats here and, and picked up some things and. Um, yeah, so basically the counting stats and minutes and usage, all that's pretty much identical to last year. He's playing about the same. He's had the ball in his hands about the same amount. 
Um, you know, he's starting some games recently. That's been interesting to have him in the starting lineup versus coming off the bench. But yeah, he's still playing around 23 minutes and doing all that. Um, a couple of things he's improved on. Uh, most importantly, true shooting percentage, uh, which takes into account your percentage from two, from three, and from free throw. Um, and he's up from 49% last year to 57%. And league average is 55. So he's an above average offensive player right now uh, for the Wolves. So that, hey, that's kind of what we've been saying all along, right? It's not like he's going to be some huge plus on that end. But if he can be not bad and then he can be elite uh, defensively, well, there you go. Now, now you're starting to get to be somebody. Um, something we can see uh, with the eye test, I believe, is the rebound. You know, that's something, man, especially the way he just like goes all the way up, like straight up. He is such a good leaper, with, right? With no regard for his body. <laughs> I do think about his ankles coming down one of those times. One of these times, he's going to come down so much for it. It's going to be devastating. That's why I am anti jumping <laughs> jump. at pickup hoops. I never jump because that's it's, the, it's either this it's not worth twisting your ankle. This is why I don't jump. Yeah, it's because you don't, you never twist your ankle if you don't jump, you know? <laughs> How you twist ankles, you jump and you land on someone else's foot. All that jumping. <laughs> We Not good. Rebound percentage up from uh, 7.6 last year to 10.6. So that's very good. More rebounds there for Josh. And then free throw rate also up uh, from 32% to 52%. That's incredible um, that he is getting to the line Not a his lot percentage. More. Not that's his shooting percentage. percentage that's his, his free throw rate. rate. Um, so that is great to see. and um, yeah. Which is good because last year a lot of those bad layups he'd take on a breakaway, he yes. wasn't getting the body contact. Yes. And this year he's still having those wild, I just stole the ball, let me go hard at the rim kind of break. <laughs> away layups but this time he's putting his body into somebody at least so he's getting those free throws you know yeah that's that's big at least get some of that contact and he's making them you know he's he's one one of those players i'm not worried about when he goes to the free throw line that's clean and then just a few things he's uh regressed on a little bit um his turnovers um are way up uh he's nearly doubled his turnover percentage and again about the same minutes same usage so and you could see that a lot you know again driving kind of crazy in the lane maybe getting a couple charges in there while he gets that contact right or he's just getting stripped or something like that um and that's kind of all i had as far as like stats for regression i don't know maybe there's a couple and other even things that, not doing so well but. we've increased our pace so much you increase yeah. the pace you're going to increase your turnovers so even that regression is not as damning as it would seem and, on and much like the rest of the team he's eliminated the mid-range shooting a little bit more from from uh from the corners and he seems shooting, to be yeah. a more consistent shooter from three yes. at least uh, you know and that kind of last year it was uh you know uh it's a kind of a roller coaster he would surge for a few games and yeah. slump for a few games but currently this season i've been uh every time he shoots it i'm like oh no you know but he's been making a good enough clip that where it's really changing my mind about him taking some of those threes yeah what other things have you seen scott with with him um you know offensively defensively what have you, what have you noticed uh year to year from him if anything at all he's uh he's kind of looking like a diet roco in some ways uh because <laughs> just the way uh he, he seems to have picked up robert covington's habits i've always called him kind of a vacuum cleaner because if you're gonna try to show, shoot uh, do a pick and roll and kind of do a bounce pass roco's sticking his arm down there and just getting yeah. in the way and picking it up. And I've seen Okogi do that so much this season, just like steal balls that way. Um, and so it's becoming one of those things where I'm like, ooh, when you have Robert Covington and Okogi out on the floor at the same time, that's our best defensive lineup. I haven't looked up the stats, but I'm pretty sure if you look at our yeah. best defensive lineup, Okogi's going to be in it. And, uh, you know, speaking of that Raptor system I mentioned earlier, the 538 system, which I always don't trust 538. They said Hillary would win the you know election. Shouts to 538 for getting that, Ron. Uh, but... You know, and, and they've also, I don't know, they have wild basketball opinions. But according to them, he's one of two 
positive defensive players on our team with along with Cat. And so uh, yeah. the advanced stats are backing it up. His defense is legit, and I think he's only taken you know strides on the offensive side. So I think it's a great you know second year improvement. I think he's more consistent at the stuff he did well last year. And besides the turnovers, you know, I think that uh, he's made a great improvement. And I'm just excited. I love his energy. You know, especially like we said in that Memphis afternoon game. He was the only player playing with energy because you know uh, what did uh, John Meyer call him? The Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, Red Bull out there. Yeah, Josh has looked good. I've really, I've really enjoyed that he stayed so consistent defensively. You know, there's been no drop off in that in that side of the ball, and you know, I think he's even gotten a little bit better with his control and staying with guys. You see him still guarding, you know, Harden and and uh, you know, tons of different guys, LeBron even. You know, like he's on all these different guys, and and he's able to be so versatile with it. So it's been it's been good that that has stayed too. You know, there's no drop off. The only thing that's really worrying me is his knee. Uh, he's missed yep. some games for it. It's apparently a chronic injury not in terms of like it'll dog him for the rest of his career but he he said he played too much over the summer for nigeria and the world cup and uh i think that it's just going to be a thing that he has to maybe play limited minutes this season because of that so that's the only thing i worry about with him getting starters minutes is it's like i i would hate to see him have to struggle with that knee problem all season so you know hopefully that's not as bad as it sounds yeah and the corner three too that's something that i feel like has been more consistent he's he's on pace to shoot the same amount of threes as he did last year yeah but i think he's been kind of having a few more come from the corner and it seems like he's been i think his percentage from there has been really really good like 50 percent from there so and he's getting moved down there a few more times i think that's a good thing for him and i can visualize it so often he gets that corner look and then he fakes out his defender and you know drives it in out, yeah. yeah, and he could be a little better passing when he attacks the closeout, but it's still, you know, something where he can always get his defender to fly by him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, just a little check in there for Josh Okogie, J.O., you know, out here golfing and also improving as an NBA basketball player. But yes, uh, we'll, we'll keep uh, monitoring his uh, his uh, his ability to grow as a player this year and, and see what we see. Uh, one more thing here. He's on fire! Let's talk about some uh, some changes that we would like to see um, here going forward. Obviously, with the losing streak as we record this, and just as you know, you know, twenty five games or so into the season, uh, some some things on the court or maybe even off the court that you know we'd like to see change. Obviously, we're going to start right away. Carl Towns. Let's get him the ball some more, right? We yeah. need to operate through Carl Towns a little bit more. Uh, as we've said uh, a lot on this show, it's not quite as easy as just saying that and doing. You know, it's like okay, you actually have to. For a post player, it's a lot harder than, okay, here you go, pitch him the ball. Um, you know, he's not bringing the ball up the floor really at all. I kind of thought we'd see a little bit more of that this season right. of grab and go and that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, you kind of got to get him the ball in the post or on a dribble handoff or something like that. So it's not as easy as just saying, okay, you get more ball here. Here you go, Carl. <laughs> right. Like yeah. it's, it's kind of tough. So, but we got to find more ways to do that. Right. I, I feel like there's certain things that are lacking that we saw a little bit earlier in the season, like in the first few weeks that we're no longer seeing anymore. <laughs> Yeah, the nice thing is, uh, as it relates to Towns, Culver has been improving month by month. His December across the board are his best stats everywhere. But I've also noticed he's making entry passes to Towns that he wouldn't you oh, know, yeah. even a month ago. Mm. So I think he's getting a little bit more confident, or at least he's understanding the emphasis of when Cat's got the mismatch down there, you got to get him he the ball some way. Um, but also it's just something we've seen, you know, him get taken out of games still because, you know, in Phoenix, it was one of those things like, shouldn't he have more shot attempts than this? He's our best player. And, you know, that's something we've been talking about for years on this podcast. Why doesn't he have more shot attempts? What on that Jimmy Butler team, he was like fifth in usage on that team, you know? And so it's something we've been bellyaching about for a while, but it's, uh, you know, 
who's that on you? Is that more on Towns or is that more on the coaching staff? I think it's more on the coaching staff, but I don't know. I think maybe, especially with how well Wiggins has played, you know, it's kind of been a little bit like maybe, I don't know if this was all planned, but I feel like they've maybe tried to get him the ball more and let him, you know, sort of operate out of pick and roll. And, you know, it's not like Towns is an afterthought in that way. Sometimes it's a, you know, Wiggins Towns pick and roll even. But, you know, I think it, it feels is, like I think it's more scheme than anything else. It then feels he, like Wiggins never passes to town in the town's no. Wiggins pick and roll. And some of that is, you know, early okay, in the season, yeah. it's because the defenders would obviously honor towns yeah, more. So much gravity and there. then Wiggins yeah. would use that to drive the scene. But now we've seen a lot of people were wondering, uh, you know, what's what's changed w- w- with, you know, the system? Why aren't we getting the same looks we got early in the season? I think the scouting reports out on these Timberwolves. Yeah, that's definitely true. And so, you know, at the beginning of the season, everyone's like, this is a team that doesn't take threes. And so they weren't ready for it. And now pe- ga- people are game planning. They're slowing us down and they're covering us more from three and so you know adjustments need to be made and i think that that's uh that's very true for wiggins and towns especially in wiggins i want to see more high post carl you know kind of right on the corner there you know a marcus all style or whatever you know where he has the ball and they're bringing guys and guys are cutting i loved i loved that earlier in the season where towns would get the ball and not necessarily look to shoot but look to pass and and use that attention that he's getting to get other guys open whether from three or cutting to the hoop and i feel like they need to get back to that a little bit more where it's like Carl, maybe it's not low block, but high block Carl up there. And, um, you know, so just some things like that I could see, you know. And again, have him bring the ball up. Just do it. Who cares? I yeah. don't know. It's like you're going to have Wiggins do it. I don't know if Towns do it too. It's, just, it's your best player. Even if he's just going to step into a three and shoot it. I like yeah. that shot. If it's there for him. Yeah. I don't know. He can hit it. What about some other things? What else needs to happen? What else would we like to see? What's going on with the point guard situation right now, Scott? I feel like both Teague and Shabazz have played a lot better, right, in the last week. Yeah. Shabazz coming back has been really good. He's hitting shots. He, he He's no longer rusty. I feel like he's properly back now. Yeah, I think that the – I'm not sure the lineups with Teague and Shabazz are really I don't want to see those. No, no, no. I do not want to see those two shorts. Which is tough because, time. you know, I, I just think in general Jeff Teague needs less minutes. And, uh, and we've talked about how that's a controversial decision with his contract and his free agency status and just keeping the vibes good on the team. He's been a good veteran for years. Are we going to mistreat him now? Treat him like dirt? You know, it's... You know, what's good for the team isn't good for Jeff Teague, unfortunately. And yeah. I think that having less Teague is kind of the answer because if you're saying Napier and Teague can't play together, that means Teague plays with the starters more. And like I've said, that's a, that's a net negative. Yeah. When Teague plays, when Teague plays, period, it's a net negative. So how can you mitigate those minutes? And, you know, because Napier needs the time to run too. It's and, even more complicated now that he's back and playing right. well. Now you really have a crunch a little bit. And it's like, where where does that go? We're about to find out, I guess, right. how that will go. But yeah, they still got to figure out sort of that point guard, ball handler rotation. Even even Andrew in there, they got to find the balance of how often he is the primary ball handler. It's really that's what we're talking about: is who's the primary ball handler, regardless of position. Yeah, I think that you know what's disappointing is you would expect, or I I was hoping that having a true point guard, a quote unquote true point guard, yeah. means that Cat would get better looks, and that doesn't seem to be a case with Teague. No. He's not getting Cat better looks, and that's kind of the idea of like if you have a point guard, a true point guard, Ricky Rubio. I'm talking to you buddy he he knows where you want the ball and when to deliver it to you so that you can succeed and we don't have anyone on the lineup doing that for towns and i just like the one thing we miss when we have wiggins or culver playing the point is that we miss that kind of person who sets the pace keeps control of the pace of the game and makes sure that the player who hasn't gotten a shot in five or six times down the court that player gets the ball you know that's that's what a good point guard does. Keeps that in general. mind. Yeah, the floor general and Teague has not been that, and uh, so that that's been the most frustrating thing about this situation. So yeah, we'd like to see a little bit more. Yeah, some some better uh, ball handler, you know, point guard situations, and then we're going to monitor. Uh, you know, uh, Covington going back to the wing. Dane Moore um, had a tweet 
um, as we record this here on uh, on a Wednesday, talking about how you know we might have seen Covington play a little more in the wing, and that uh, Katie Bates Diop and uh, Jordan Bell would potentially be more in the big rotation. So you might see more of that. Uh, yeah, the advanced stats are negative on uh, Covington's defense this season, the four, and it's yeah. like, well, he's one of the best defenders in the league, if not you know obviously the best defender on our team. And so yeah. it's like, why are Townsend Okogie our only plus players in defense? It's because Rocco's being taken away from what he does best, the perimeter defense, the suffocating perimeter defense, Mm -hmm. to being more down low and guarding guys in the post. And he's just been not as effective. You've seen him get fouls. You've seen him get played off the floor doing that. And he's being, you know, the the good soldier and doing what this team asks of him. And But especially if we're seeing the game plan change where we're getting all those three-point shots taken away, the pace is slowing down, we're not getting the benefits of the small ball lineups anymore. Um, I would love to see, especially uh, Diop, you know, who who can really stroke it from three and also still, you know, have the length and the size to play a, a decent defense at four. I, I would love to see him, especially when J- Layman gets back. Maybe that's the answer is how to keep him in the lineup is have him play more four and Rocco more three. Yeah, so it's just some some things we'd like to see, some things we think we might see. So we'll be checking those things out. Uh, or maybe just trade him. Yeah, just he'll get be him off here. the team. Bye. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to our sponsor. All right, time to pay those bills. Today our sponsor comes to us from Jersey Onesies. Tucking in. Something we all have to do. But who has the energy, wherewithal, or time? We've all been there. Playing a highly competitive game of NBA basketball when suddenly disaster strikes. Your jersey comes untucked from your shorts. Have no fear. Jersey onesies are here. Simple and effective. Jersey onesies are just what they sound like. An authentic NBA jersey that attaches between your legs via two buttons. You'll be feeling safe and secure all game long. Let's face it, basketball is a game ripe with problematic opportunities that threaten to untuck your jersey. Rebounding, blocking shots, or skying for a slam dunk can unearth your uniform and leave you looking unprofessional and more importantly, vulnerable to a rare delay of game violation. Jersey Onesies is proud to partner with the NBA and offer their product for every team in the league. No matter who you play for, they're keeping your shirt tails from becoming shirt fails. Jersey Onesies, don't trust luck, Keep it tough. Thank you to Jersey Onesies for sponsoring this episode of Wolf's Cast. And right now, we're going to stare into the crystal ball and predict it. We'll predict it. Those jersey onesies. Uh, so comfortable. I'm wearing one right now. So snug. And for the ladies, jersey rompers. Ooh. That's coming out January 2020. Wow. You know, put it on while you're your post-Christmas shopping list. That's right. Not many people know about those upcoming products. That's right. Do. But it's, it's something I can predict will be a hit. <laughs> but we got other predictions. Obviously, uh, we're always correct about these predictions. So it's really just a preview of what you can expect to watch this coming season. Uh, we're going to check in on some predictions we made in episode 117. We kicked off the season with some predictions, that some bold and some less bold, about what we expect to see. And one of mine was that Andrew Wiggins is going to have a higher PER this season than Ooh. his buddy, Zach Levine. The bounce, 
buddies, you know? The Bounce ba- Brothers. The Bounce Bros, yeah. They're playing still both in the Midwest, but, you know, they're estranged. Yeah. and you, con- They'll be connected for their whole careers. Of course. Yeah. You know, friends always are. Well, how's it looking, Scott? What's, what it's not have? looking good in Chicago, by the way. Uh, a lot of questions about tough. Zach Levine right now. Yeah. He, he was rather defensive. I saw a quote where he's like, I didn't bust my butt all summer. I didn't sacrifice my summer for me not to be a star player, for me not to be the one option. You know, so he's feeling, uh, he's feeling a little attacked. Uh, yeah. Right what about now. that coach out there? Huh? Oh. I mean, I'm, he might not be long. For it, the it's NBA. a disaster in the Windy City, a chaos in the Windy City uh, for people who remember the Michael Jordan <laughs> Super Nintendo game. Uh, but Wiggins PER, 19.4. I think 20 is average. So Wiggins, you're almost there. Your player efficiency almost rating, average. best of his career, I believe, right now, 19.4. Zach Levine at a 17.1. So, so far, so good for my, uh, my prediction this season. Nice. Um, cool. Um, and then I predicted the Timberwolves will be top 20. In defensive rating, they have been uh, kind of you know solidly above that for most of the season. Uh, but right now, as we record this, they are currently twentieth. So you know, still on pace to be in that range. I hope it. I hope it stays. And you know what? I think it's great that that doesn't seem as bold of a prediction. You yeah. know, like oh, top twenty, like Neil. Only had to have the worst really stuck your neck out. Top to twenty, a top two thirds of the league, and yet we haven't been there for <laughs> seasons upon seasons. Uh, so you know, a little sad. It's uh, it, it was a bold prediction. All right, well, let's uh, let's drop some new predictions here so we can uh, you know follow those uh, across the season. Scott, get us started here. Uh, what do you have uh, for a prediction for the Timberwolves? All right, this one's this one's very bold. But I guess it's a prediction about what will happen with Jeff Teague more than anything. Because my prediction is that Carl Anthony Towns will finish the season top in assists on the team. The Ooh. most assists on the Timberwolves this season total will be Carl Anthony Towns. Total assists, not per game. Total. Not per game. Total, total assists. Total. And that's because, I mean, Teague right now has 132. Towns has 95. So already there's almost a 40 assist difference there. Teague missed many games where Towns didn't. I mean, Towns missed two for the suspension. Yeah. But Teague missed more of that than that with the injury. So you might be saying, Scott, this, this doesn't seem likely. Teague is averaging 6.9 per game. Towns is only averaging 4.5. But I I'm kind of, you know, thinking that something will happen with Teague, either injury, he'll miss more games, be shut down if it's one of those things where we get to March and we're like, oh, we're not making the playoffs. Maybe it's good to lose more games. Maybe we shut Jeff Teague down with a foot injury for the last two months of the season. Or maybe we find someone who wants that contract. You know, they want to create cap space, so we dump them for something like a second round pick and just get them off the roster. And at that point, Towns is second on the team in assists. He's the second on the team in assist rate. And I think that, you know, obviously he could, I think he can easily average five a game. Uh, so I, I think it's there for the taking. Yeah, and I think, yeah, what you're saying about like Teague's time on the floor, like I don't see that going up this year, right? right. Like it's only going to trend downwards for any number of reasons. You know, even if he does stay on the team for the rest of the season, you know, he's going to be playing less and less maybe due to injury or just to the rotation things that we're kind of talking about here. So, yeah, lots of, lots of reasons why this could potentially come true. Uh, let's kind of, I hope it does because that means Carl would be improving so much in his assists. Oh yeah! <laughs> All right, my prediction is uh, Jared Culver uh, will shoot under fifty-five percent from the line this season. He's currently twenty-three of fifty-one, good for forty-five percent. And I do think he'll he'll crest that uh, that fifty uh, percent mark, but not by too much more. I don't know. I think he's definitely Ooh. under sixty. I, I just uh, I feel like it would have come around by now if it was going to. We're already a, you know more than a fourth through the season. Form still looking kind of whack. That elbow is man. That's what you got to watch. You got to watch the hitch and then watch his elbow. It is way out there. You need the elbow kind of lined up with your sternum and yikes, it's out to the right quite a bit. So 
Not, no. not loving the look of these free throws. So, yeah. <laughs> you want to bet on this? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, you know. I'll, I'll pick over 55%. Over 55%. You, you pick under, and then in April, whoever is in the lead will uh, buy, well, I mean, they will get food at Target Center. All right. I'll Sounds pick up good. the check for the food yeah, at the Target, Target Center. Center if yeah. he's under 55, you pick up the check otherwise. A delicious Maybe Target Center meal is molten on melts. the line. Molten melts. Let's, 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 we're, we're shaking, shaking we're on shaking. it. Nobody can see us, but we're shaking. Josie's shaking, here. Shaking She's on the air. Yeah, Josie's at. Uh, so, yeah, that's my prediction about uh, about, the, about Jared Culver. I, I hope you get better. I'll be happy to be wrong about this one. But Apparently, uh, he's taking a lot in practice. So. Happily buy you a, you know, a Philly, Philly cheesesteak or something, whatever you want. A molten melt. <laughs> yeah, a molten melt. All right. My next prediction is that neither of us will get any Timberwolves-themed Christmas gifts this oh, season. Man. You know, it's kind of a, it's a go-to, you know, if you're like, I don't know what to get for Scott. Hey, here's a Christmas gift thing. And Neil could scuttle this for me by just buying me a Christmas gift that's oh, Timberwolves-themed because no, we, we do have gifts for each game. other. I'm but not trying to, you know, I don't care if you get I've it right I purchased your gift. It's not a Timberwolves-themed okay, thing. Okay. So I know, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you asked for anything on your list. Maybe that'll change. But uh, no, I, I, so. I it, unless there's a surprise, because like I said, if you just need a stocking stuffer, you could do worse than like a little Timberwolves Timberwolves-themed trinket for either of us. But I'm just going to go out on the limb and say neither of us are going to any, any Timberwolves-related merch. I feel like gear. you're more you're more eligible to get a Tim, you're more po- It's more of a possibility that you will get a Timberwolves gift from somebody. Maybe I'm just thinking like from work or just from like someone more casual. I feel like you're okay. in a position to get more like casual, like little quick little Secret Santa gifts or more like white elephant gifts like and stuff. Uh, I, yeah, basically, if I'm not getting a gift from a family, that's it. Like, I'm not getting any other gifts. So, like, you might have someone else in your life be able to drop a little, hey, I got no. this wolves thing. Here you go. I know a guy. It's guy. I work with them. What about Becky's family? Do they yeah. ever, because they're like, what that's should we get one. Neil? What I is he like? Would. The Tim Rolls. I wish they would do more of that. They're more of a, you know, gift card family. More, oh, sure. More of a well, Starbucks nothing wrong with Apple that. gift card. No, I like that for sure. But yeah, that's, yeah, I, w- I would like more more wolf stuff like that from Well, them. you can scuttle my prediction fans by sending us Tim Rolls gifts in the mail. There we go. What counts? Anybody on the team wants to send us tickets yeah. you know we'll count that all right mine is also a christmas tim rolls prediction i predict that there will be a um, promotion put up um, from the team like a video uh, where players poorly sing christmas songs you know or maybe they're trying their best maybe some of them are even good but i'm, I'm thinking this might be the year we get a compilation of you know trying to some wolves guys trying to sing some songs probably already shot at media day i don't have any knowledge of this um, but I could see that happening. You know, last year they did uh, the Prince, like uh, Dario, like singing Prince songs or whatever. Dario Saric, like singing when doves cry. Oh yeah. Um, so I, th- I could see something like in that vein of like, okay, we got these guys who can't sing, like trying to sing, you know, rocking around the Christmas tree or something like that. Uh, so I don't know. Just a, just a holiday. You know, we're a couple uh, a couple weeks uh, from the Christmas holiday, and so we're both going to drop some of those uh, Christmas predictions. I would be here. worried that Christmas is too political. You're right. But You're right. What if Crunch always wears a Santa hat? So the Timberwolves are afraid of you know doing the santa thing holiday song any sort of holiday song I yeah i'm gonna claim here on this okay one, so <laughs> I'll, I'll keep an eye out on the official team feeds nice see. all right that's uh that's predicted what do you predict will happen what do you have a christmas prediction for us please uh please uh, send us one of those or if you just have one about uh, how you think the team will play we'll take any and all of your predictions next up time for weekly wolfies Your weekly wolfie. 
All right, the awards are right here on the desk, and uh, we just have to know uh, who we're going to send them out to um, in the mail. I'll get us started off here, uh, Scott. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, give a weekly Wolfie shout out to um, FSN broadcast, especially Jim Pete. I, I've been liking how he's been saying uh, four pointer, like calling like super long shots a four pointer, yeah, or like that's from four point range or whatever. Uh, yeah, um, uh, Dave Ben's getting in on the action too. Maybe he'll get a little old as the season goes on, but especially as the team's like shooting more threes and as the league is like stretching the limits of like all the, how long you can shoot from and stuff. We got some guys who can really launch like Trey Young and like all these guys are just like the old three point line. Like, Apparently, Roko anymore. used to practice with a medicine ball, so that's <laughs> from, how, yeah, from, like half court. Yeah, yeah, so that's how it's. He says it's in his he's, range. He's the number one culprit on our team. He'll yeah. just he'll just launch from you know twenty eight feet or whatever. It and is. unlike Cat, like, who will sometimes take a four pointer, I've seen Roko's four pointers go in at a much better clip. You know, yeah, totally. He he get, he sneaks it right past the rim, right just, yeah. just past the rim, right in there. So yeah, I definitely am into yeah Covington shooting those, and really I just like uh, I like the new uh, you know the new tag for it called called a four pointer. It's so. a good way of describing it instead of saying like yeah. a really deep three or having to describe that was a twenty eight footer, and then you're like, what? I like four pointer. It's yeah. just it's elegant. It reminds me of she. Eloquent. You know uh, why do you shoot so many threes? Because there's no four. Because there's no fours. Or what do you say? Why do you shoot so many three pointers? Uh, it was, no it was Anton Walker oh, who Anton said Walker. that. Why do you yeah, shoot so many threes? Because yeah. there's no four. Yeah, pointer. Walker. Yeah, that's right. No she and Walker. Very similar similar types. Gun Gunners, yeah. unrepentant gunners. Yeah, so it reminds me, it reminds me of that. Um, it reminds me of uh, Rock, MTV's Rock and Jock Basketball, um, which is like a celebrity kind of like all star basketball game that they oh, would do, man. where they would put like point values on the floor. There would be like, like a, a hot spot where, the hoop. It, they, yeah, a hoop above the hoop. I think one year they did three hoops, <laughs> hoop above the hoop, and then a hoop above that. No so rules. Yeah, I I love that. I think it was the most like real life NBA jam kind of video yeah, game yeah, setup. Video game thing, I would really. love to see someone revive that. Maybe the big three league could bring that back because it's yeah. so silly and fun. I've always loved that. So fun. See, so yeah, I, like, I like the four point. I think I the next logical safe. point is like LeBron probably took a five pointer uh, against the Wolves <laughs> and the Lakers. That's the next thing is like when you get yeah, a, a foot over the the half court line and you shoot it, you make it. That's a five. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the next, the next step to go in the evolution of this terminology. For five. Yeah. <laughs> From five point range. Wow, that was a five pointer that LeBron just hit. <laughs> All right, Scott, that was my who you got today? Weekly Wolfies. Uh I got a this first time ever I'm rescinding a Wolfie. Uh oh, it's no. making Wolfie history. Earlier this season I gave one Go! I gave one to Fox Sports Go because it was such a useful app. They were really reliable. If I wanted to watch the game like after midnight, I could still just log in and uh, using you know a cable subscription that I get from my in-laws. Thanks. Shouts, shouts to John Beerling. Uh, appreciate that. Don't cancel it because my parents don't have cable anymore. I wouldn't be able to watch all these games. Uh, but if you have a cable subscription, Fox Sports Go is very reliable. You can watch a replay of the game even late in the night. And I was so psyched about it. But this week, I've just been having a host of problems. It wasn't working on my laptop at all all week. And so then I had to start using the iPad to do it. And the iPad, Ugh. when I logged in to start the game, is like, watch replay. The Thunder game, there was like highlights from the game underneath. It was like Chris Paul talking about win. And so before I could even start the uh, replay, they were showing me a spoiler. spoiler. And it's just like... How are you going to spoil it? Like, if someone's watching the replay, you know they haven't seen the game. So why are you going to put those, like, spoilers, like, right up there? Let and me so, ask, do they have the, like, scores off mode? Because the NBA app is really nice in this where you can, like, there's a toggle of, like, scores off. 
and then you, you will never see a spoiler from the score. But I feel like they might have the same problem where if you do look hard enough, you can see like a little headline that that leads you to believe. Well, what that this was is. the thing that was never a problem because there are no scores. You know, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like start the game. There's nothing That's that not indicates whether the game's across. one loss, especially if you do it on the laptop. It's still fine. But apparently, if you watch on the iPad, which I've had to do this week because their laptop version is not working, uh, the iPad version does show you those things. So it's just a host of problems. It's been like breaking in the middle of games that restarted a game on me and then like wouldn't let me fast forward and so I couldn't jump back to the third quarter where I where I was like left Damn. off. There's just so many problems this past week. It was like Fox Sports Go, why are you doing me dirty? It just another new way a game has been spoiled for me this season. All right, we gotta get so to the bottom I'm of this. Taking, we gotta figure it out. We taking gotta get back an update. That, I'm taking back that Wolfie for now. Yeah. If they fix it and improve it, I, I, I you're you eligible the right. to receive you it. You deserve yeah. the right to get back give it back. But right now we gotta get to the bottom of this. We gotta get an update on this app, right? We gotta get the developers to issue an update. Yeah. You know, exactly. solving some of these things. What's because, going on? Yeah, you can't have an app. You can't have an app where like, yeah, uh, scores and sort of like the the whole like, you know, the outcome of a game can be spoiled by like other elements. It's just bad design. It's just like poor designed app. And it breaks my heart to do it because it was so good. It was so useful for yeah. me. It was a product that I enjoyed so much. I recommended it on the air. And now I just, I feel like it would make me look like a liar unless I took it back. So Fox Sports, go get your stuff together. Get it fixed. All right. Well, if you know anybody who works over there, let's uh, see what we can do. Let's get somebody uh, on the line. That's right. Um, we're not going to have a Canis Hoopus uh, piece of the week uh, this week. You know, we recorded just six days ago. There's only really been game recaps. You right. know, no real They're like, good re- game recaps. Of course. But. Great stuff. But, you know, we're kind of here to shout out some other things that you might not have looked at or some more sort of like extracurricular, you know, above and beyond, like deep dives into a player or a concept or something like that. So, you know, nothing too notable this week. doesn't have to be every single week. So. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll get the holidays. Next People week. are getting busy. Know. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So nothing there. So that's it uh, for weekly wolfies. Congratulations to our winner, and uh, shame on you to our loser. And uh, yeah, let's play a game. All right, Neil. This week bummed me out. Ugh. A lot of L's, a losing streak, five games, at five games, and I was just, uh, I was just in the loser mindset. Tough. So yeah. I thought it would cheer me up if we talked about some of the worst l- loss records. Losing streaks, oh, and the most rich, shameful uh, records yeah. in Timberwolves history. It's all in the media guide. So yeah, and there's a lot, there's lots of rich stuff here, right? There's a lot. This is one of the Timberwolves, one of the teams. If you want to look up losing stats and you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, streaks, you, only franchise them. under a forty percent winning record all time. Um, but we'll get into that. This is a a game that about how pathetic we've been, not to bum us out, but us to feel better about this year's team. Right. Because we're not that bad. Right, we're not that bad. These are all worse teams. So most of these are going to be over-unders, Neil. I will give you a number, and you'll tell me if the answer is over or under that number. All right. Are you ready? Ready to go. Here we go. Um, I have to move my laptop so I can get the soundboard just right. <laughs> there we go. There's a lot of tech stuff going on here behind the scenes. A lot of devices. Techies. A lot of screens. All right. Here we go, Neil. The fewest points ever in a regulation game for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Is it over or under 68 points scored? Oh, no. 68. Uh, let me go over. Please let it be over. 68 points. Oh, no. We scored 61 points oh, in a game. I know. It's pathetic. At New Jersey. Uh, on Halloween 2003. Wow. So, I mean, those were good Nets teams. Those were teams that are going to the finals, but still. Whew. 
must have not have had KG that for that like game. That was a good team. Yeah, yeah. it was a good yeah. Wolves era, too. It was, 61? It was, uh, yeah, uh, unbelievable, really. Oh, shot like five threes in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Probably didn't make any of them. Wow. All right, Neil, lowest field goal percentage in the game. The lowest we've shot in a game. Is uh, it over or under 25%? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go under on this one. This could be real low. No. Thankfully, trick. thankfully, uh, our lowest shooting for a game is 29%. Okay. And it felt like, surprising. actually, maybe we, maybe we had a worse one against Phoenix. I don't know, that Sunday, yeah, uh, right. that Saturday <laughs> afternoon game we went to. Jeez, yeah, yeah. that might have been worse. These were only records that were current before the season. Yeah, this, yeah the, the number of the three-point shots this season. Yeah, we went that. 24 for 82 against Miami on December 7th, 2013. So that was a LeBron... Wow. You know, championship Miami Heat teams, but yeah, they held us, uh, they held us down there. Our season low for an entire season is 42% shooting, and that was in 98-99. All right, Neil, this one you might know some of these. Most points scored against the Timberwolves by an individual player. Who scored? Uh, actually, it wasn't. I'm going to give you an over/under. Um, let me find it again. Over/under. Most points scored by an opponent against the Timberwolves: 57 points. Um, in any game, not, yeah. not just home or away. I think it's it's above that. So, yeah, over. I, I believe you were there for this game. Tony Parker's 55 oh, yeah, at the Target Harden Center. Topped it. Yeah, I, no, I, I was not there yet. for the TP 55. I I'm, thought that had gone down. Right. Nope, it's still the record. And um, wow. that was a double overtime game. Do you? Here's an over-under for the most in a regulation game. 54 points. I quite remember this one. I guess I guess I'll go over. I don't know. I mean, Tony Parker had the all-time record at 55, so 54, maybe you should have guessed under. But this one's for... for Regulation game. Oh, okay. Regulation length game. Shaq scored 53 against us in 94. Mm. And I'm like, man, 53 is still the record for a regulation game. We've had three players go off for 50 points against us this season, I feel like. But nobody pushed it to that 53 point mark. Someone's going to get it soon. All right. This record almost got challenged this past week, Neil, with the Lakers, so I wanted to talk to you about it. Most points allowed in a regulation game. Is it over under 50? 150. 150 in regulation. Right. God, I can't imagine. I'll, I'll go I'll go under. I, I don't know. Wow, over 150. Over in regulation. 152. The Phoenix Suns hung on us on March 2010. March 16, 2010. Phoenix Suns scored 152. I looked at the stat line. They had three different players in 20 po- had 20 points, including Lou Amundsen. Lou Amundsen. Oh, yeah, Amari Stoudemire and I forget. <laughs> It was Jason like Richardson. J- J- yeah, Jason Richardson also had twenty. Like everyone had, like was like yeah, in the tens. And, yeah, so that was that was tough. Sean Marion probably. All right, now let's keep going with the, the letdowns. Biggest loss, the biggest margin, you know, of mm. of points in a loss. Is it over under forty five points? Have we lost a game by more than forty five points? I'll go over. I'll go over. It seems a little low to me. Hey, I'm one, one for eight. There we go. We back lost a game by back. 48 points against New Orleans in 2014, November 2014. We oh was, final score was 91 to 139. There. <laughs> um, let's keep rolling through these. Biggest home loss, the margin of error for our biggest home loss, over under 35. Um, I don't know. I'll go over. Let's keep it going. Yes, we lost by 38 points in 1994 against Philadelphia. And 94, wow. Our biggest blown lead ever. So we had a big lead. We blew it. Is it over under 34 points? Oh, God. It has to be under. You can't blow it. What? 
You're correct here. <laughs> Our biggest blown lead was 29 points okay. against oh, the 2008 so Dallas Mavericks. We uh, we were up 70 to 41 with 10 minutes left in the third, and we lost 100 to 117. <laughs> My God. So stifling defense by Dallas there. All right, time to get into the losing streaks, which is the impetus for this whole game. Uh, our longest losing streak of all time, Neil. Is it over or under 20 games? Oh, under. It's correct. It's 18 games. Uh, it was from March 2011 to December 2011. So wow. it, it was over two Rampus seasons. Year? Rampus year? No. Uh, it might yeah, have been 2011. So, yeah. so that was over the course of two seasons. The longest losing streak that happened all in the same calendar season is calendar season. Whatever. Yeah. You get it. Uh, it was 16. Um, our longest home losing streak, over or under 20? Home losing streak, gotta be under. I'm gonna say under. <laughs> and then our longest load, road losing streak, our, our longest home losing streak was 14 games. Happened twice. Our longest road losing streak, Neil, over or under 20? Road losing streak, I'll go under, I'll go under 20. It can't be over 20, get it? Oh, 22 can. straight losses on the road in the 89-90 season. So oh, first year, very early. Yeah, we just we, we we brought in the attendance at the Metrodome that season, yeah. but not good. Go wax everywhere else. All right, two more questions, Neil. Uh, this one is just fun. Uh, the quickest disqualification on personal fouls, the quickest foul out of a game ever. Is it did that player? I'll give you the name. Sam Mitchell fouled out. <laughs> Got his six fouls. The quickest in Timberwolves history. Did he play more or less than eight minutes that game? Oh, no. Uh, I'll say more. <laughs> it's hopeful. In a March 1990 game against the Los Angeles Lakers, Sam Mitchell fouled out in six minutes. Wow. Hacka. Yeah, minute, uh, foul per minute there. Hacka Smitch. And then our final question, Neil. How many teams do we have a winning record against? The over-under is two. How many teams in the league do we have all an all-time winning record against? All-time. Um, God, I hope it's like three, at least three or four. I'm going to say over. Well, I just so hopeful. Oh, thank goodness. Our four teams that we have a winning record against. Brooklyn, uh, we're 34 and 24, and I updated this for this year's stats. I, okay. I, I, I updated it with our wins and losses. So even our, Probably all Eastern teams. After our win, we had Brooklyn, 34 and 24. Memphis, we are up, uh, even after our two losses this season, we're up 49 to 44. Uh, Milwaukee, we are beating 31 to 28 all time. That's wow. including this year's loss, 31 to 28. So still, they'll probably beat us in the next few years with that. But, And then Sacramento, we are all time 59 and 55 against. Yeah. Wow. And with this year's loss, we are tied in the all time series against Philadelphia, 29 to 29. And we are so close against Clippers, fifty-six to fifty-nine. They've only won three more games against us. All so right, those Clippers. are close. But Clippers four, and Philly, we coming for you. Two only four franchises that we have a winning record against: Brooklyn, Memphis, Milwaukee, and Sacramento. All right, we got to get those teams. We got to get them. We got to catch them. That's right. Find some more. Yeah. Wow. Keep keep that. We can't we can't lose any of those. So we got it. We got to keep at least those four teams, and then maybe overtake some other franchises yeah. in the near future. Please. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. All right. Thanks for that game. Yeah, that makes me feel better. There was some been some. Been some rough years. I mean, some dark I, times. There's I, been some dark days. I've got plenty of perspective. Don't worry. I mean, we're talking about Rambus, talking about you know these tough, ridiculous teams, these terrible streaks. And stuff. don't worry. We've both been there. It's fine. This is yeah. Even in a tough week like this for the Wolves, it's like you think about those and you're like, nah. <laughs> when I was on the Northwestern drumline, some we had some brutal losses. We'd be complaining about it, and all the the numb alums, which we call the alums of the band, right, yeah. they would always be like. I didn't see a win in the four years I went to Northwestern. <laughs> yeah, they're like, so, you're going to a bowl game. Yeah, so yeah. Like, don't you complain about 
about, you know, dropping this terrible game because I went here for four years and they didn't win Zero once. Wins. So just got to keep it all in perspective. Wow. All right. That'll do it for Wolves Cast this week, everybody. Please head over to Twitter.com and follow us at Wolves Cast and on Instagram at Wolves Cast Pod. We're posting a lot of stuff there pretty much every day. So go check those out. Um, yeah. Just got anything, uh, anything to talk about here before we go? What do we got? We have uh, we got some games coming up. We got, uh, we got some home games. I looked know. at the schedule. Uh, I talked about uh, this a little bit for predicted. I think that there's a real chance the Wolves will only win two more games before Christmas. Uh, so I'm hoping times. I'm wrong there, you know? Yeah. So we'll just have to keep it out. I think our two wins are hopefully against the Pelicans, and then yeah. we play at State. Golden State. But other than that, it's uh, a wealth of quality opponents over the next uh, two weeks. So hopefully, you know, we won't get coal in our stocking. We'll get the gift of a few more Timberwolves wins. You know, it'd be nice to win tonight against Utah. So hopefully yeah. you're listening to this being like, oh, Scott, the losing streak's over. Yeah, yeah, really, it's over. Hopefully, yeah, it's old, old news. But yeah, we will uh, be back next week with another show back on, uh, back on a normal schedule for Friday. Um, next week and uh, yeah until then go Wolves you know people probably don't know what Britt Robson looks like there he is right there look at him he's got a great haircut <laughs> I wish I I wish I could draw a goatee like that but I can't very professorial he's just a great writer I mean just is there anybody better